All right, 36 past the hour as we welcome in from the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. Good Tuesday morning, my friend. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Happy, uh, what is it, Fat Tuesday? Yes. Happy Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Fat have you Tuesday. ever been to Mardi Gras? No, I have not. I, I know people who have, uh, but no, I haven't. I've, uh, I, I'm, I'm a boring loser. Sam, I've never gone either. I've wow. been to New Orleans, but I've never gone to Mardi Gras. So I, but, but I don't consider myself a boring loser, so don't don't paint yourself with that brush, okay? Uh, well, you know. That's, no, I've never been. Uh, but I, I've had a king cake. They're good. <laughs> I'm going to have a king cake tonight. <laughs> They're a lot better than fruit cake. Agreed. So God, yes. I, yeah, I, encourage, I encourage people to... And then, you know, I like fish fries, too. Those start Friday. Yeah. Uh, big fan of those, so... Yeah. Well, we didn't give you up. time of year. We didn't give you up for Lent, so let's uh, do this. Um, <laughs> okay, I because I care. Uh, I give it. Let, let, we're, we'll, we'll start here because I'm curious. You're you're a football guy, and and you like to go deep into this. You have the goat quarterback, goat head coach, goat general manager. That's how you start your team. What what are you choosing to start with? The quarterback, the head coach, or the general manager in the NFL? Certainly not the GM. Uh, that would be way down the list. Um, hmm. Let's see. I, I think I would probably uh, start with the quarterback. I think that the you know the track record there is pretty high. Uh, so you know whoever whoever's the go to the moment. Um, and you've had some pairings where I think you had Bill Walsh and Joe Montana and Bill Belichick and uh tom brady so there's coach quarterback there but um i think i'll go with the quarterback uh you know i think uh i think that's where i'll land um it is it is striking how often those pairings have been Mm -hmm. um really good coaches and really good quarterbacks at the same time uh but uh but yeah i'll go qb uh you know yesterday listening to glenn thomas and talking about the quarterback development probably more than anything when he was speaking was was interesting i think one of the things he brings up and i think you were the one who asked the question as far as you know what matt rule talked about building a quarterback up from scratch it's interesting given what he has with guys that you would feel would be probably more of an impact of this quarterback room being freshmen with dylan rilo especially but also even danny kalen what what did you kind of gauge from him as far as maybe the most important process or the port, the most important part of that process early on for those guys, for the freshmen? Well, first of all, I, I thought he, he gave a good 20 minutes. Uh, you know, he was, he was a little bit, he was polished. Uh, he was a little bit vague. That's not a bad thing. That's, that's maybe not the best thing for a journalist, but that's, that's a good thing probably for that room. Um, I think maybe the first thing that, that all three of them are just going to have to process is, you know, here, here's how you play this, you know, the, the philosophy of playing the position, what you want to accomplish, um, how, the game, how the football game is won and lost uh, at the quarterback position, uh, what, what you start with and what you end with. I think he'll probably walk him through a lot of that. There'll be mechanical and physical development too, but, you know, so much of, of that position is understanding, you know, time and down, circumstance, uh, who's open, how to work the offense to your advantage. And I think Nebraska was lacking in all those areas last year, at least in the quarterback position. Um, I put a little bit of that on, you know, when it was Jeff Sims out there, I put some of that on Sims. I mean, he's had four years. So yeah. so he he needed to be able to, 
to manage those situations a little bit better than he did. Um, and I know I'm sure Nebraska's coaches were surprised by some of the things that they saw. But, but you know, outside of that, you know, once he got past him, and a lot of that was on Nebraska's staff and uh, not just not getting it done in certain circumstances. And they got to a point where it was five, they were 5-3, and three and, you know, the quarterback play just wasn't there down the stretch, except for the Wisconsin game. They, they played well in that game. But, but uh, you know, it just wasn't there against Michigan State. And, Struggled obviously struggled against Maryland, so all kinds of different things. Mm. Um, nothing that can happen now, Nick. But hindsight being twenty twenty, I mean, man, if they had had Glenn Thomas for twenty twenty three, they're they're not five and seven. I I just think that was that was uh, kind of a collapse at that position, and um, it, it happened. And there's nothing that Nebraska can do about it. But I'm sure they, I'm sure they're ready to move forward. You do you th- how much of evaluation will come into this as well because. Nebraska fanned on Jeff Sims. I mean, they, the evaluation that they could take a guy that had that in his DNA and it would be fixed when he came here. But how much yeah. will be during the course of the season the evaluation to fix things on the fly with quarterbacks who, for the most part, Sam, when they walk onto your campus, that's who they are. It's not like all of us. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen a quarterback in college really from his freshman year to his last year make this huge jump on how they play the position. Right. Yeah, I think. Um... Certainly, they're going to have to to work with them in a lot of different areas, and and you know, get them better at at uh, understanding the game and seeing the game physically. You know, of course, you want to be able to to get guys right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Rayola is a a really interesting and intriguing player. Of course, uh, he has a lot of physical ability, and he has moxie, and and he has all the the components and intangibles that you want in a player. Now he's just going to have to apply that on the field with a with a football team that isn't going to be the best team on the field every time he takes the field. So, you know, at Buford, that was the case, I think, at the smaller school in Texas and in Arizona, he was often at a great advantage. Well, now he's going to have to play at a disadvantage and that you have to learn how to, you have to learn how to work through that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some quarterbacks who you think maybe can get better. I, I do think Harburg's a guy that was toolsy when he came here and, he is now on his fourth quarterback coach. I don't think he's had the best shake uh, of of quarterbacks who have rolled through here. But um, I, you know, let's just you could just think about the four in your mind: Mario Verduzco, Mark Whipple, Marcus Satterfield, and yeah. now Glenn Thomas. Yeah. Out of those four, hey, Mark Whipple is he knows what he's talking about. But he's all he was also near the end of his career, and and I don't think he was in the mood to put up with much. Right. I think he went with the guy that was the old guy in the room. And, and Casey Thompson understands the position certainly better than Harvard did at the time. But out of those four guys, I mean, Glenn Thomas is, you know, uh, tied with Whipple for the best resume. Probably the best player, best coach to be coaching young quarterbacks out of that four yeah, by some margin. Absolutely. So, yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Nebraska at that position is as in good a shape as it's been since Danny Langsdorf was there. And maybe even better than than Langsdorf, and you know, maybe better than Beck. I mean, you have you may have to go back away. You may have to go to Jay Norvell before you find somebody who you're like, yeah, this guy actually fits fits this role real nice. Uh, and and I think I think uh, Nebraska will benefit from him being there. He he was very polished yesterday, and I, I that I you know he wasn't talking about his dog throwing the football and all this other stuff. So you know, I thought that was good, and 
and that's what they need out of that position. I agree, and I, I think this is, you know, you're cooking with peanut oil when you get coaching staff where they all talk the same language. And I think you've got Satterfield Rule and Glenn Thomas hearing him for the first time yesterday. They all kind of speak the same language and the tone, and you can tell that they're pros, especially Glenn Thomas, you can tell, has been in the NFL where he talks, and, I mean, he understands his craft. Um, but there's something else about what you said, and and they've done, I think one of the biggest wins in the offseason for this program is the continuity. I mean, right. Matt, Matt Rule's trying to get Tony White a job all over the country, and that's great, and yeah. Tony's going to get a job. But they've kept yeah. everybody together. Do, do we even know, and this is kind of a wild out there question, of how many wins will be attributed to the, the continuity of a staff? Glenn Thomas might be new to Nebraska, but he's not new to some of those guys in the room. But just the continuity of his staff from year one to year two, what do you think will be the biggest benefit when they open up spring ball and they move through the season? The defense can go to you know some 300 and 400 level stuff uh, that that helps them to stay fresh against you know offenses that had an off season to study them. I think offensively, you know they have to take a jump. And I think they will. Um, you know, you, you heard Rule talk at his off-season presser about, you know, wide zone run game, and I'm sure they're going to try to figure out some of that, uh, maybe incorporate a little bit more of that into what they do, because uh, that helps your bootleg game and stuff like that. And, you know, I think they're they're going to continue to to grind away at how do we play third down better? How do we... You know, how do we get the ball out of our quarterback's hands so that, you know, um, plays are, are going for three or four yards when they can? How do we get a manageable bounds? How do we control the football game? Mm-hmm. You know, all those, all those things. And, you know, that's, that's a quality that, uh, uh, that Nebraska just, you know, when you turn the ball over as much as Nebraska did, they really struggled to control football games last year. Their, their defense bailed them out of a number of scenarios. And I think because Nebraska finished five and seven, there was an impression of, well, you know, I mean, they were close and I'm like, yeah, but they were close with the worst offense they've had in 55 years. Yeah. Like you, you can't sugarcoat what happened. We were probably, I mean, we were probably too soft on it. Like they, they, it was really not good. And the defenses in the big center good. No, get me wrong, but it was not, it was not a good season of offense. And, uh, there was there, you know, there were some apparent things that needed to get better, and, and certainly did. And you know, Satterfield's a good fit for tight end. He he kind of talks like a tight ends coach. I think he'll be a good fit there. <laughs> kind of a you know, he's not he's not Dan Campbell, of course, but he <laughs> he kind of talks like that. You know, he's kind of an old you know, he's a ball coach. Mm-hmm. Your quarterbacks coach needs to be a little bit more almost corporate. And Glenn Thomas has got a mixture of sort of homespun and corporate. He's not a nutty professor. He talked yesterday in a way that indicates he spent some time in the NFL, and I think that's what they need at the position. And I think Rule knows that. I think, I think he he was able to act, you know correctly identify the need for that. We were talking about this earlier, and you know, it, it, as far as the the history with starting quarterbacks not making it through an entire season, go back to Tanner Lee in 2017. I'm not saying this is why he was sought after. But I think the fact that he's worked with Matt Rule, there's that familiarity with Satterfield as well. And also, it it kind of works out nicely that if you look at both Baylor and UNLV, where they had to play multiple quarterbacks, yet it was the freshman 
that ended up getting the job and those freshmen ended up becoming freshman of the year. Does it seem like that Glenn Thomas is going to be a little bit more comfortable with that situation than maybe some guys that would be available to bring in to oversee the quarterbacks? Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's going he's gonna to be a guy that, that helps them uh, just to kind of get their feet under him a little bit and, and helps these young guys along. Um, he does have a unique story you know, of coaching in D2 and, mm-hmm. and all the way up through, through the NFL, and he'll make an honest assessment. If, if he feels like after spring they need to go get a quarterback who can, who can help them, uh, you know, who can potentially be a backup or even a starter, he'll, he'll tell a little that. And, and Nebraska will do what it needs to do. Um, I would assume, and I, I don't have to assume, I know that Matt Rule knows that a lot of these high-level quarterbacks come in as freshmen and they're not quite ready, and they get a little bit of time to watch it. So he can tell that to Dylan Rail and say, listen, here's all these number one picks didn't play right away. You don't need to think you're not going to go number one in the NFL draft because you didn't start game one if you're not quite ready. And, and so there, there's room to, to, to tell that story if that's the one they want to tell and go after another quarterback. I've, I've said this a couple times. There, there's, no, there's no real time for, you know, learning on the job if, it's, if learning on the job is going to cost you a football game yeah. because Nebraska's got a chance to win early and their schedule is manageable. And this isn't one of these things where, hey, we'll win in year five when the TV contracts are all changing and they're going to a breakaway league. Got mm. to win now. Everybody knows that, and nobody's going to talk about it, and they're not going to like put a bunch of pressure on the players. But, but there's there's an understanding, you know, all the volumes getting turned up over there, and and that's because Rule wants to win. He's a competitive guy; he doesn't feel any pressure. I think he's just like, yeah, it's it's time to now take the next step, mm-hmm. and the next step around here isn't going three and nine. They already went five and seven, so the next step is a winning record. Um, winning as many games as you can with a schedule that allows you to do it uh, next year, and and we'll see we'll see how they do. The, the urgency is there; you can sense it, and I think you're going to hear a different co- tone out of the head coach this season as a result. It's just going to be a whole different thing. I think he understands what they got to go do. Yeah, love the urgency. You're right, spot on. Now I need to see urgency once the season starts at the end of August. Yeah. I think you saw a sense of urgency to hit the ground running on defense last year. I mean, it, it's really quite the story how Tony White came in and worked with a, uh, a group of men that he didn't get to hire, and he taught them, and they taught him, and then they were able to relay it to players, and we saw what happened on defense. So Tony White's stock is super high around here, and he's got the interest of ADs. He's on lists, but he hasn't been able to get off the list and get a business card. Can Tony White get enough seasoning with another year at Nebraska, which makes him appealing so he goes over the top for his first head coaching job? I think that's possible. Um, one, one thing that I, I that crossed my mind yesterday as they were showing Deshaun Foster's sort of introduction to the team, and I'm sure the team knew it was him, but um, you now have this thing, this whole roster retention thing yeah. that, that's clearly a factor in the decision-making process. I, uh, not that Deshaun Foster is not going to be a good coach here. He's been there for seven years. So he does know what the hell's going on over there. Like, and that's, that's a good thing. And, and they probably needed somebody who'd been inside the building for the last however many years. But, but it was pretty clear to me that part of the role in bringing him there was like, well, if we're going to go 
with somebody who hasn't been a head coach, we need to have somebody who retains this roster yeah. because we, we, we're in jeopardy of losing mm-hmm. 30 guys. And they don't have that many guys to begin with because Chip Kelly doesn't really run that kind of program. And so um, I think one thing that we'll have to watch is Tony White's going to have to not just be able to have a coaching plan and a development plan, but a retention plan. And, you know, you have to operate, you have to triangulate with your NIL operation and all these other things that happen, have, have to happen really, really quickly. And so he may be able to get a P4 job or, you know, I don't know, Washington State when Jake Dickert in, inevitably goes to a P4 school. But, um, you know, I, it, that's part of the conversation now. You have to be able to, so, and that's a lot easier to do at the group of five level. Because a group of five, everybody kind of expects it to be a coordinator, and a lot of the kids don't have a lot of places to go. And, you know, NIL people aren't sitting there, you know, leaning on the AD saying, I want this guy because I want to work with him. Um, so it may be a group of five job, too. Um, you know, now that we have the 12 team playoff, I mean, that Mountain West looks awfully attractive. You have an opportunity <laughs> to go to the playoff every single year because that's the best league. Now, we're going to see how this all turns out. And this is a conversation for a different day. But the media tends to have a bias toward the southern G5 schools because the coaches are colorful and, you know, college football in the south. The Mountain West is a way better league than, than like, Conference USA or the Sun Belt or any of that. And we're going to find out in this first year whether the, the CFP committee agrees with that and they acknowledge that or if they continue mm-hmm. to reward – um, you know, the AAC, which was good a couple of years ago, but got raided uh, instead of the Mountain West, which I think is a far superior conference to the AAC or the Conference USA. So if I was Tony White, I'm looking at the Mountain West because that's where you want to go to set yourself up to make the playoffs potentially every year. Sam, real quickly, and speaking of Tony White, as of this day, and we've heard Matt Rule now go to bat for him on a couple of occasions and give him a glowing endorsement, how well do you think uh, Nebraska is set up for the inevitability when Tony White does take a head coaching job as far as promoting from within or at least having some type of continuity when it comes to what Tony White has been able to establish in such a short term defensively? Well, that depends on, on when he would leave and, and who's still here. Evan Cooper is the rising star in the business. Mm-hmm. It's logical that he might be the guy that, that steps into that role, but, but Evan Cooper might might take another job. I mean, Tony White could be at Nebraska for three years, and Evan Cooper, after year two, says, I'm going to go do this. And and everybody's like, yeah, that's what you need to do. Now, Nebraska's paying Evan Cooper pretty well. So I think they could retain him in a lot of different circumstances, short of a coordinator role. Um, but certainly Evan Cooper is really important to the program. You know, they've got good coaches on that side of the ball, yeah. and you have to continue to look for the right person, the right situation, the right, the right setup, and, and, and I think they'll try really hard to retain Tony White of anything short of a P, P4 head coaching job. Um, I really do. I think they'll continue to pay him. Uh, I think Nebraska's treated him well. I think he likes this place. and um, So I think he could stay three or four years. I, I, this UCLA job was the one, and UCLA decided to go with Deshaun Foster and now I don't know which P4 jobs are going to open up. And just like the dynamic I just said, now he's going to have to figure out all the other components of roster retention as he walks into the job. And that may not be 
um, always something that an AD wants to look for. They may want to go and get somebody that the NIL people feel good with, mm-hmm. which is strange to say, but I think that's now a fact. Uh, that's, the, that's part of it. Yeah. Fundraising is a big part of it, I mean, especially at, at UCLA. Sam, as always, appreciate it. Have a great week. Take care. Uh, keep an eye here. So, you know, I'm, I mean, it's 44, going to be 45. Uh, the resume, like we, 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 we understand, I mean, what he did last year. His resume probably needs a little more of a bump and making a jump in year two defensively from where Nebraska was last year would be a hell of a bump. Yeah. I'll give you a job to keep an eye on that, that would fit Tony White and his connection to Matt Rule, Baylor. So Dave Aranda two years ago won yeah. 12 games, and Dave Aranda should have gotten out of Waco. Mm-hmm. Dave Aranda was a hot name. Yeah, he we was. We wanted Dave Aranda I, around here. I did. So, so this is then they went three and nine last year in year four. They can't afford to decline in Waco. If they have a bad year five, I think Baylor moves on and they look for a new head coach. Well, one of the guys you really like that was your head coach that now is back in the college game and is recommending a guy to everybody, yeah. including indeed.com <laughs> is Tony White. It, that's interesting too, because And it's not necessarily so much on the defensive side, a little bit so, but also given the fact that that entire coaching staff has those Texas roots when it comes to recruiting as well. Like, I would think that that also would serve Tony White very well. And you're right. I mean, you're you're getting a guy that that school and that athletic department would respect highly from Matt Rule. I I didn't I didn't think of Baylor. That's that's a good call though because yeah and and it's funny about the Dave Aranda stock. I was right there with you when it came to the next head coach in Nebraska. I had him on my list. Uh, he was a guy that I was I liked. I think there was also sort of the built-in belief that okay at the time if you wanted to retain Mickey Joseph, there was that LSU connection that he would be uh, one of the guys to do that. And oh by the way, he's having success at Baylor too. But man, when you think of a defensive-minded guy and what they would have gone from, but knowing that that is a big thing, especially in Big 12 football, that you, if you're one of those teams that can play defense, you're going to put yourself in a position to have a shot. Yeah, that's there's there's a lot of things that I think boxes that could be checked with Tony White. That's an interesting one. That's a, that's a good call. Never thought of that one. Never thought of Baylor. But yeah, I would... I, I, could, I could get on board with that one for sure. But he needs a little bit more seasoning on the resume. Uh, I, it may not just be another stellar year of Nebraska making strides defensively. It, it may be somewhere else. You know, maybe you want to be the guy that replaces Deshaun Foster because of a hiring that's roster retention mm-hmm. related and it's kind of rushed and it might be a gamble. Right. I mean, they got five new coaches coming to the Big Ten. You might be a guy that gets some seasoning somewhere and then becomes the guy at UCLA three, four years down the road. I also believe something Sam said is. I mean, he's ready to be a head coach. They want to move him out uh, because they wanted him to go get the opportunity. But if if he was here for a couple more years, I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska doesn't necessarily lock themselves into the replacement for Tony White is a three three five guy. Mm-hmm. Has knowledge, but doesn't need to be a true three three five guy. All right, we're going to shift uh, some baseball. Evan Porter, head baseball coach at Omaha. They open up at Arkansas State this uh, weekend. He's going to join us next on Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.